A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon, if you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you, Final Extra, where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me today, as always, is a great Gareth A. Davis, and we've got a bumper show for you. We're going to speak about Devin Haney beating George Cambosis in Australia to become the undisputed lightweight world champion. Uh, Joe Caldina, what a performance that was. Stop Kenichi Gawa in the second round as he became the IBF super featherweight champion. Daniel Dubois is traveling to America as we speak out of taking on Trevor Bryan for the WBA heavyweight title. Gareth has been speaking to Dubois and promoter Frank Warren. We're going to hear a bit of that. And Richard Riappo is aiming for another stoppage win as he prepares to face Fabio Turchi in a world title eliminator at Wembley Arena on Saturday. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. The spirit shown from George Cambosas Jr. This crowd can be proud of, but it is a sparkling, dazzling display. 8,000 miles from home to light up the lightweight division. A dream performance and a defining night, surely, for Devon Haney. And this is a dream come true. Uh, I was, I was, man, I was going through it without my dad being here because I want, I knew this was a big moment for both of us. We, we both dreamed of this. Since we started out, we said we wanted to be the best. Because you've got to do something for oh! oh, brilliant right hand. What a right hand. Agawa is out on the canvas. Beautiful shot. Punch perfect. And he's on the front foot again now, just trying to soften him up. Punches to the body there from Dubois. And still. WBO International Heavyweight Champion Triple D Daniel Dynamite Dubois. You know, I'm back in the rhythm now, and I want to get some tests and win some big belts and have some great fights that the crowd will remember and I'll go and go down in history as a great. Yeah, big, big opportunity for Daniel Dubois. Take some Trevor Bryan in America this weekend. Not many people talking about it, but um, it could be a competitive fight. He takes on the unbeaten Trevor Bryan. Don King promoted Trevor Bryan. Don King still around, still covering and working in boxing. At big wing for Devin Haney. Let's welcome in as well the main man, Gareth A. Davis. Sorry, let me give him his correct title. The great Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, let's start with Devin Haney. Let's start with that one. Going to Australia. Um, at the time of him being there, no dad with him, no Ben Davidson who works for him as well, no, no Lee Wiley as part of that team, literally going there with um, your old Judah, Zab Judah's dad. So he's going into enemy territory. Um, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know it at all because he looked calm and collective throughout the week. Good afternoon, Addy. Yes, indeed. Uh, very well put. Um, I think we said it last week. We may find out about levels here. Mm. Um 
And I think we found out levels with Devin Haney. He is one of a triumvirate of American boxers alongside Shakur Stevenson at super featherweight at the moment, or, or, or what's it called? Junior lightweights in America. Um, and Tank Davis also, Javonta Tank Davis also at lightweight, who I think have the keys to the kingdom in America at the moment. And I think it's going to be a three-way battle for who becomes the very best. Now on Saturday night, I would call it a Mayweather special. It was a Floyd Mayweather-esque style that he won in. It was the, 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 the variation of jab, the commanding of the range, the frustrating of the opponent. Yes, you don't go in the shower and not get wet. He took a few punches. But under 20, I reckon I counted from George Cambosos. Yep. Proper punches. Whereas he peppered and malformed the face of the of the the Australian originally out of Sparta with his family uh, on Saturday night in Melbourne, it was a masterclass for me. Showed how good Haney not is, but how he's good he's going to be. That's frightening. He made it look easy, didn't he? Exactly, that's the word. It's mm. frightening. He made it look easy. Forty-one thousand people all against him. His father not there, as you rightly mentioned, and he did a number on Cambosos. And I've got to be honest with you. I know we'll go into this in more detail. I'm not sure about a rematch. No, and you're right. And we will talk about that a, a bit later in the show. Like I gave him a round, Cambosis, and that was being generous. Yeah, I gave him two. You gave him under, two, yeah? 118, okay. 110, yeah. 116, 112. Where did you where, get eight rounds? Where did they from? find that? Hello? <laughs> where yeah. did they find those four rounds for Cambosis? Honestly, know. embarrassing. But you're right about Devin Haney. And what, what we've got as well, we've got a lot of these young American fighters that are not afraid to travel. I mean, you mentioned Shakur Stevenson. He's calling out Joe Cordini, and we'll touch on that. And he's like, I'll come to UK. I'll fight you. We saw Errol Spence when he came in and, and bashed up Kel Brook. And you've got Devin Haney, who's travelled, what, 18 hours away from his hometown to go to Australia in the Lions' den, 41,000, as you mentioned, booing him. And he, he honestly does put on a, a Mayweather-esque clinic. It, it really was. It was reminiscent of Mayweather at 147, where Mayweather almost just wins. Like, it just wins. Yeah. It makes it look easy. And he did that. Yeah, it wasn't Pretty Boy Floyd. It wasn't no, Lil Floyd. No. It was a much more aggressive fighter. It was the, it was the kind of urbane style um, that, that, that Mayweather developed in the end where, you know, he, he, he frustrated counterpunchers. And let's not forget Cambosos as a counterpuncher. I think, you know, you mentioned Shaq, and Ste Shaq Stevenson there. I spoke to him a few weeks back and I mentioned Cordina and he said, look, he's the best of your super featherweights. Cordina, of course, has come down to super featherweight from lightweight, mm. inspired choice, well done, Tony Sims, uh, Kevin Mitchell, and uh, Mark Seltzer in his corner yep. on Saturday night. You mentioned all the Americans wanting to come to the UK. It's because, and I spoke to Shaka about this, I've spoken to Devon about this before, the British boxing fan, and all those listening, thank you, the overseas fighters appreciate you because they know you understand boxing. And you don't just support British boxers. Yeah, you support true. great boxers from overseas. Mm. Shaka said he wants Joe to have another fight, uh, Joe Cordine to have another fight, but he would love to come to the UK. And I understand Eddie Hearn um, not necessarily paid step aside, but um, Joe Cordina jumped the queue, if you like. He leapfrogged the queue, and he might have to fight. I think it's a Tajik. can't remember his name right now, but I will uh, pull it out. Rakimov. Rakimov, yeah. yeah. It was mandatory, wasn't he, for the yeah. IBF title. So um, he may have to fight him first, unless it's Shaka next. 
I suspect they'll fight Rackamon first. Yeah. Because then it's a chance to build Cordina. Indeed. And I'm so happy you said that about the American fighters understanding that the British public understand and are knowledgeable about boxing. And also, we give them their respect as well. When they come over, we give them their respect. Yes, we're going to boo them when they enter the ring, but we eventually clap them if they put on a performance. I mean, you had Terence Crawford here recently, and he said the British fight fans are the best. I mean, he's gone Adi, to events. Adi, there, mm. there was a day a couple of years back after Deontay Wilder and, and Tyson Fury fought the first time. I remember Deontay Wilder coming to the UK. I remember him coming to talk sport. Everyone was out of their desks. <laughs> he was surrounded by 100 people at talk sport. <laughs> when, when Deontay Wilder walks down the street in the UK, he's mobbed like a superstar. This is it. Like a rapper star of Tinseltown, not, not a boxer. But it's because the fans know who he is and they appreciate him. He's this huge human being. It's like that for a lot of American boxers over here. And and like you say, I think they appreciate it. And it's down to the quality and love of our fans. Indeed it is. Let's talk about Joe Cordina. Um, I spoke to him in the immediate aftermath of that fight uh, for zone, And it it wasn't a punch from the gods because it wasn't a lucky punch as so. But fantastic punch to get a second round knockout like that in front of your home fans especially when you think Joe's not really considered a puncher as well I know he stopped Joshua Hernandez at fight camp but he's not really he's the boxer and Kenichi Ogawa was supposed to be the puncher for him to land that shot and win a world title like that in his 15th fight I mean I, I feel like Matram are looking for their next star and a lot's been put on maybe the shoulders of a Conor Ben um, Joe Caldina, good-looking guy, has got the Welsh following. He could be the star that they maybe weren't anticipating would be. Yeah, 13th world champion from Wales. Yeah. There's a decorated group of fighters from uh, the Principality. Joe Calzaghi, Enzo Maccarinelli. Um, you know, you go back to the long time ago, Howard Winston... Um, uh, um, Jimmy Wilde, the most famous, one of the most famous flyweights, the mighty atom, he was called, the, the ghost with a hammer in his hand, he was called, tiny little flyweight, he knocked out, I think it's something like 90 out of 106 Jeez. opponents. Oh yeah, he was the mighty, he was the ghost with a hammer in his hand. He worked down the mines. They were built differently then. They were built differently, Addy. Imagine me and you squeezing down the mine now. No, thank you. Um, I couldn't <laughs> imagine Joe Cordina squeezing down the mine now, but um, I'm, I'm sure he's capable of it. The inspired thing for me was he might not have had a lot of power at lightweight, Joe Cordina, but he's got it at Super Feather. And what he did was he squared, he's such a clever boxer because he had a torrid first round. I thought, oh, this is going to be a rough, tough night after the first round. I'm sure you thought the same mm. because Agawa looked really intense. Looked sharp and strong, focused didn't and he? sharp yeah. and strong, exactly. All those qualities. And yet Joe squared him up and he hit him with a punch. Reminiscent, I would say, of Carl Frotch knocking out uh, George Groves at mm, Wembley where yeah. he's just turned him and he gets, he gets the whole jaw, the whole jaw surface to work on sideways to talk that chin. There was no Agawa getting up from that one, baby. Yeah, he said he felt it in his hand. And yeah, then he said it went through, literally went through his forearm and in his shoulder. Yeah. And he said he yeah. knew. As soon as he landed, that was that. And look, credit to Agawa, he tried to get up, but there was no getting up from that. We're going to talk Mitch, a bit more about Joe Cordina. Uh, Daniel Dubois, uh, obviously in America as we speak. Big fight for him on the weekend in Miami against Trevor Bryan for the WBA regular heavyweight title. Say what you want. I know there's this bend the belt thing, but it's a good opportunity for him. You beat... You beat Trevor Bryan, and it's the only way he's up. I mean, you're in the mix then for potentially a world title fight. Although I think he's only, what, 23-24, Daniel Dubois? He could literally put his feet up and wait for the older statesman to leave. You know, your Furies, your AJs, your Dillian Whites, your your Lewis Ortizes, and he'll still be only 27-28. He's got a bright future if he can get this one done. 
No, absolutely right. Well, he's not going to put his feet up. No, it's a great not, analogy. Yeah. But yeah. I would say this is the analogy. Mm. He's going to be sitting in the waiting room. Ah, yeah. I like it. Sitting in the waiting room. Uh, this is an opportunity to put himself in the shop window. He's in the waiting room. This is the dress rehearsal for those other things. I've always felt that Trevor Bryan is just a level below world class. Mm. Um, he's got the regular, or the, what we call it's the secondary title, isn't it, with the WBA? It is. mm. um, it, I, I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a style that, that Bryan is not a big puncher. Daniel Dubois has got to be careful because his eye and his heart was exposed a little bit against Joe Joyce, but the brain tells the body what to do. I don't like to use the word quitter, and I never will of any man uh, who steps into the ring. I don't like the term. Um, I'd rather him, uh, you know, kind of back off and, and be fit enough to fight for another day. That's the way I like to, to look at it. And it is another day for him. I think it's a great opportunity. Like you say, 90-year-old Don King in action um, on the other side of the pond promotionally. Known Don many, many years. It's brilliant. It's his last boxer. Um, but I think uh, Mr. Warren's going to be coming home with a WBA regular uh, heavyweight champion in Daniel Dubois next weekend. And, and you know what, as well, I, I know I know you said it's gone under the radar a little bit, but that's not a bad thing for Daniel Dubois. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. It, it isn't. Uh, and good luck to Daniel Dubois. Look, we're going to be hearing from him. I know you spoke to him. So we're going to be hearing from Daniel Dubois and Frank Warren in a little bit. Uh, someone that has a big fight coming up as well is Richard Riakpour, who's been very busy uh, since he's come back. Since Obviously, look, he was associated with, with uh, Dillian White. That's now split. He's doing his thing, and he's doing his thing very, very well, Rich Riakpour. He takes on uh, Fabio Turchi. A uh, big fight. Again, a fight this weekend. There's so much boxing every single week now. But yeah, Richard Riakpour, a big fight for him as he looks to get closer to a world title shot. Yeah, look, I love the midnight train. As I love that name. I love that name. Out. Oh, I love it as well. Um, look, here's the thing for me about the midnight train. Um, he'll keep on rolling. He'll keep on busting through the night. He's on a journey <laughs> in the twilight hours. Wait for this. He's on a, and it's all coming off the top of my head here. Um, he's in a, he's on a journey in the twilight hours into the dawn of a new era in the cruiserweight division. <laughs> he's, he's, he's rolling along those tracks. He's, he's, he's lifting sleepers while we, <laughs> while we rest. Um, I, I will go on, but it'll get too cheesy in the end. But um, the thing is about Richard and I've spoken to him, uh, recently, I don't know if we're going to hear from him today. We spoke to him on Saturday night mm. uh, on Fight Night, Eddie. He takes critique really well because I was very critical of his performances against, for example, Olanre Duradola. Yeah. Um, where I wanted him to use combination punching and, and attack head and body and really go for it and know what he is. He had a period when he thought he was a boxer. He knows what he is now. He's not a pure boxer. He's a destroyer. He's an Adonis physically, very powerful fighter. He's recapturing himself all the time. He's learning all the time. And, and once he's got through the likes of a couple more like Fabio Turchi, he's wiped out British opposition, apart from the WBO world champion, uh, Lawrence Coley at Cruiserweight, which is a fight I would love to see. As big, It's bigger than Boatze, uh, Joshua Boatze and Anthony Yard, in my view. Or as, it's, it's one of those, but it is one of those. Mm. It's a one that should fill out the O2 arena. It's as big as Boatze against Yard, in my view. Um, and I would love to see it. Um, and I think that Riakpo is on the way to being a world champion eventually. And this is the last couple of steps 
because he's learning so quickly. He was so impressive when he spoke to us on Saturday night. Yeah, he does need to learn very quickly and move very quickly as well because he's 32 now. I know he looks fantastic in great shape, but the age is the age, so he does need to move on and get that world title shot. All right, you'll listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. When we come back, we're going to talk about Mr. Devin Haney becoming the undisputed lightweight world champion. On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. The spirit shown from George Cambosas Jr. This crowd can be proud of, but it is a sparkling, dazzling display. 8,000 miles from home to light up the lightweight division. A dream performance and a defining night, surely, for Devin Haney. All three judges have it for the winner by unanimous decision. From Las Vegas, Nevada, USA, now the universally recognized undisputed lightweight champion of the world, Devin the Dream Haney. And this is a dream come true. Uh, I was, I was, man, I was going through it without my dad being here because I want, I knew this was a big moment for both of us. We, we both dreamed of this. Since we started out, we said we wanted to be the best. Yeah, look, this is amazing for the sport, amazing for this country. And uh, at the end of the day, I want to take the best test, the, the hardest test. So I'm going to give him full respect after his victory today. Let him have his time and uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, look, I hope we don't see it again. Not for now, anyway. Cambosa should go away, maybe get a couple of big wins under his belt. You know, there are other good fighters in the lightweight division and then if it can be sold again then then you sell it again uh, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2 myself Fadi Lodipo the great Gareth Faye Davis Gareth you know what I um, I have to put my hands up I wasn't sold on Devin Haney before I, I'm brutally honest remember watching his fight against Jojo Diaz and I'm thinking oh, Jojo Diaz is, is small come from a smaller weight class remember he got rocked a little bit by Jorge Linares and I was like he's not as good as they say he is I'm, I'm obviously wrong <laughs> he is as good as they say he is well, I think we were comparing the performance that Teofimo Lopez put up against. Yeah, Jorge Linares, it was a good... I mean, Devin touched on this with me in the build-up, by the way, that that he'd had that kind of gut check mm. against Jorge Linares, who is a brilliant fighter, throws massive combinations, is very tenacious. Obviously, he's at the end of his career, so we all had doubts that how could this elderly statesman of the division um, push Devin as far as he could? And look, Devin clearly... Um, relies on great defensive skills um, and boxing skills, pure boxing skills. He's not a power merchant. He's happy to win a fight by winning, you know, discrete units of three minutes. He's got the skills and he's comfortable in the office, in the ring. Um, and I think we judge that Tiafimo Lopez performance um, with George Cambosos. We forget that we don't forget, but we, we can't overlook the fact that Teofimo Lopez was kamikaze in that contest. I did make the point last week on the show, and I think, you know, you, you can often overjudge mm. um, at certain performances. And I think Haney never allowed Cambosos. Maybe, I think I gave him the 10th round in one of the early rounds when he had a bit of success getting in close and throwing hooks, throwing a right hand that was landing. But Devin, um, what he did so brilliantly, he didn't just use the jab. He used different types of jabs. Yep. Um, he retreated brilliantly half a step. He was out of range well. He ducked in and under. He knew the, the scything sizes, shapes 
of George Cambosos's uh, junior's punches, and he and he dipped and went under them. Uh, it was just majestic, a lot of it, and and in some ways it was a, it was. A, not a boring one-sided fight, but but because some people felt it was that. But for me, it was a masterclass of great proportions that shows his great potential. I don't think that's the best performance we're going to see from him. He's going to need those kind of performances against the likes of Tank Davis, against Vasyl Lomachenko, against Ryan Garcia. He's going to have to utilize those skills that he showed and some if he is going to emerge as the undisputed champion for a period of time in that division. I, I regret the fact that... Um, and, and Bob Aram made that point because, of course, Devin Haney's gone to top rank to make this fight. Um, I regret the fact there's a rematch clause because why is there a rematch clause for this? I don't see the reasons why. I don't see the thinking behind it. I don't see the logic. I don't see the fairness in it. Yeah, it's almost impossible to sell. Some would argue, and not me, but some would argue Cambosos gave him a shot when he didn't have to. In a sense of Cambosos could have gone for an easy voluntary. So you know what? Let's just have an easy voluntary and we'll remain champion again for another six or seven months. But I'm with you. There doesn't need to be. None of the rounds were competitive. Even the two rounds that you gave to Cambosos, I mean, they could be swing rounds. They were that close. It could have gone either way. So you're really looking at a guy that got completely and utterly destroyed by Devin Haney. Not a beatdown, but destroyed just from a boxing clinic standpoint. And what's well, also, also, his hand speed looked so much better. I, I wrote down my yeah. notes. I've got notes in front of me from the fight. Jab, 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 jab. <laughs> um, reach advantage, fast, mobile, his hand speed. Uh, he tied him up brilliantly when he came in close. Mm. He was very skillful at tying him up which is a skill in itself. People don't like it sometimes. Joe Calzaghe used to do it to extraordinary effect, as did Mayweather. So, sorry for interrupting you, but I think no, no, all no, those no. qualities were on show. Yeah, they were. And I mean, he's 23. I mean, that's I probably the biggest quality. He's only 23 years of age, and that's, that's, that's almost incredible. I mean, you almost want to fast forward and think, okay, what's he going to be like at 140 when he's 25 when yeah. he's had a few more fights, yeah. or 147. They're all going to go there together. Him, Shakur, Javante, maybe not. He doesn't have the frame, but Ryan will be there as well. He is fantastic. He's undisputed at lightweight. Do you think he is the best lightweight, though? Well, we need to see him in against uh, Javante Tank Davis. We need to see him in against Vasyl Lomachenko. Mm. Um, I want to see him in against Ryan Garcia as well. Because um, Garcia has massive power as well, I, I don't. I don't care that people are writing Garcia off at the moment. There's insults flying around. The other thing that you've got to applaud him for, and I think, again, I spoke to Devin about this um, going into. I think it was ten days before the fight. How it had served him well as a teenager, boxing men in Mexico when he turned pro in Mexico with his father Bill. That he he'd been. Back against the backs against the wall. He'd, he'd been in Mexico where he's being jeered, and I think that whole atmosphere in Australia didn't bother him. Forty-one thousand, no, pretty much all of them. Yeah, just enjoying it, tongue out. You know, real attitude, mm. just loving every moment of it. And he really, really um, did cover himself in glory on the night. Look, I I fully understand why George Gambosis, and he said it in the ring after, look, we'll see you later. And I think he mentioned November as a possible date. I get it. You want your belts back. And if it's in if it's in the contract, it's in the contract, right? But hopefully him and his team sit down and think, okay, look, we're not going to beat him. We're not going to beat him. There are other champions out Like, go and get the IBO title. Have that fight with Maxi Hughes. Maybe even go and fight Rolando Romero, who's got a name for himself now after the Javante. There are other good fighters out there 
that you can then, if you get a win, then okay, we'll get excited for potentially you versus Devon or anyone else. Right now, I don't think there's anyone, nobody that wants that fight. Apart from his management company and his promotional company because of the money, no one else wants to see it. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, Cambosis' style is a counterpuncher in the pocket, isn't he? That's mm. that's where he does his best work. So he 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 couldn't time Devon. Devon never allowed him to time him. And I think, you know, styles make fights. It's an old adage. It's a cliche in many ways. But this is um, a, 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 a conflict of styles for George Cambosos. And I think it's a very difficult... I think maybe... Maybe he beats Devin Haney one time out of ten, but I don't think he beats him in the second time of two. You know what? And look, Gareth, you are, forgive me for saying this, the elder statesman of us both. Um, <laughs> I don't ever remember a time in boxing from my you know, short period of covering the sport where I've seen so many undisputed fights or even potential yeah. undisputed fights on the table. It's incredible. It is. It is the age of the undisputed. I mean, we can go into it in the next section with mm. Joe Cordina and, uh, and Devin Haney, but... I think looking at it the other day, I think by early next year, we could have had eight undisputed champions <sighs> in the last year and a half uh, across the different weight divisions. I'll go through it in the next section, if you like. It's yeah. extraordinary, it, really, when you look at it. Let's go through it, indeed. All right, this is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next, we are going to chat about Joe Cordina becoming the IBF Super Featherweight Champion. We might even, if we've got time, get a bit word in about Inoue uh, knocking out Denaire in the second round. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. You've got to do something for him. Oh! oh! Brilliant right hand! What a right hand! Kenichi Ogawa is out on the canvas. Beautiful shot. Punch perfect and Karnik explodes in celebration. Welcome back. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. Big win. Big win for Joe Cordina on the weekend. Big win for Welsh boxing. Because let's be honest, it's been pretty quiet of recent. Um, Gareth mentioned some of the big names earlier. Uh, and you think the, the last, I think the last world champion they probably had was Gavin Reese. A long, long time ago. Obviously, great Central American Ellie and, and Joe Calzaghe of recent times. But it's been a, a while and it's been a market that... Eddie and Matchroom have tried to tap up and they've now got the guy to do it. Obviously, Joe Cordina putting in a career best performance against Kenichi Ogawa. Bigger things to come for him, but he looked fantastic. But first round was edgy, as it's going to be, but the finish was as good as it gets, Gareth. Oh, it was amazing. Um, I think the last world champion was actually, Gavin Reese was 2008, Nathan Cleverly in 2011 to 2013 at light heavyweight. There was Lee Selby, of course, um, at featherweight, and now Joe, Joe Cordina at super featherweight. It was an extraordinary performance when you consider that most of us, you mentioned it at the top of the show, uh, thought that Joe would have to outbox Kenichi Ogawa, kind of underrated fighter in lots of ways, mm. um, seen as quite a simplistic fighter. But he did a, an amazing job um, to find that right hand, um, reminiscent, as I say, of 
Carl Frotch knocking out George Groves in front of 80,000 people. Let's oh, really? Was it me. that many? <laughs> it was that many. Thank you, Carl, for that. Um, in front of 80,000 people. I was there on the night. In fact, I think we were doing it for Talk Sport Live. Um, extraordinary night. Um, and, you know, it sets up the prospects. I mean, we talked about unified, uh, unifying belts and undisputed champions. Obviously, uh, in the super featherweight division, um, Joe now holds the IBF title. Shaka Stevenson, who I think could well be the pound for pound number one. I've waxed lyrical with you before about him. WBC and WBO champion. There's the WBA champion out there, Roger Gutierrez. Um, there'll be a race to fight him now. Yeah, um, yeah there will be. It yeah. would not surprise <laughs> me to see Shaka Stevenson here by the end of the year, if not early next year, with three of the belts. It's the biggest and toughest fight I think Joe will probably ever have because mm. Shaka Stevenson makes boxing look like a genuinely like a little stroll in the park with your poodle. Um, he, he doesn't make it. He's just unbelievable. He's almost a savant uh, in the ring. And It's you know, almost unfair it, that Joe's got yeah. that in his division. Well, he'll love that. When I spoke to Joe about it, he said, mm. I... You know, I, he said, I'm a massive fan of Shaka Stevenson, as many British boxing fans are. And when I spoke to Shaka about it, Shaka said, look, I've watched Cordina. They were at the Rio Olympics together, by the way, yeah, weren't they? Were. they? Yeah. Um, so they know each other a little bit. They weren't in the same division then. But, um, you know, Shaka really respects him. He respects his boxing skills. It's a terrific fight. Because Joe's a big super feather, uh, which I think is a massive advantage to him. Yeah, and Joe now, obviously, look, we know his boxing pedigree as an amateur already. And, you know, with the knockouts of Joshua Hernandez and Kenichi Ogawa, I mean, I, I think Shakur's unbelievable. But you might have to say Joe might be the bigger puncher of the two, and he can box. So Joe brings his own things to the table as well. But look, Shakur Stevenson, and I'm with you, by the way, obviously, look, not pound for pound number one now, but he will be. Like, yeah, I can put I whatever money I've got in my pocket. He, he will be pound for pound number one. And he'll be a multi-weight world champion as well. So, look, it's a fantastic one. If not Shakur Stevenson, um, could he go Zelfa Barrett, who won the European title on the weekend? Could he do that? Yeah, Zelfa Barrett's a great opponent for him as well. Um, it's a terrific matchup in styles. Again, Barrett is a very aggressive, tenacious fighter. Um you know, under his uncle, Zel um, uh, um, his name, I forget. Pat Barrett. Um, no, no. Pat. Pat Barrett. Goodness there you me. Go. Come on, get the coffee Pat? in you. How, I know. How did I forget Pat's name there? I've only known him for 30 odd years. But the, the thing is, um, Zelfa has pedigree in him. Um, he's a terrific. He's, he's been up and up and down a little bit in his career. Um, he, he's been unfortunate at times. He's been fortunate at other times with decisions, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, again, if they want to keep Joe treading water, if they think it's a viable fight, if Eddie Hearn can make that sell, that certainly sells in the Motorpoint Arena, in my view. Build a champion in Wales now. That's what Eddie Hearn will be very keen on. Mm. Because, you know, if Shaka Stevenson comes, they will want to make that fight in a minimum 20,000 arena or outside at Cardiff Football Stadium. Oh, Something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's, the, there's the possibility to do it. And as I was saying just now, um, you've got that division um, potentially uh, finding an undisputed champion if Roger Gutierrez gets involved as well. Although I think he's slated to defend a can't He's got a sure. fight coming up July next... the 10th. Yeah, yeah. July the 10th. He's mm -hmm. defending his title. I think it's a mandatory it, as well. So. Rossi or something? Rossi? I can't it remember. Is, yeah. It is. It is. Um, there's also, you know, when you look at the other divisions, you mentioned 
uh, Anoya Nui knocking out Nanisa Janelle. Predicted it last week mm. um, that I thought he'd win by knockout. He's a special, special little character. Um, that's three of the belts there, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so we're looking at an undisputed title there down the line. We've got the light heavy. I got the division super middleweight. We've already got just September the 17th. You and I will be in Vegas together for a week. I'm thinking I'm going for two. <laughs> Saul Canelo Alvarez de Jalisco, Tijuana, Mexico against the great Gennady Golovkin at super middleweight. All the belts. We've got um, the prospect of the light heavyweight belts uh, um, meeting all of four yep. of them. Joe Smith. And Arta Baturbia for three of them coming up soon. And then uh, Dimitri Bivol in the wings. Um, so he could meet the winner of that. That's all the belts. Mm. The, the, the heavyweights, yep. the winner of Usyk and Joshua. When the hell are they going to announce? Is Eddie going to announce? I, I, honestly, I have no uh, idea what's going on with that. No, against that. Well, I mean, I as I said uh, last week, I did a piece uh, saying, as we spoke about it on the show again, um, that it's been delayed two or three weeks. I believe it'll be July the 13th. Or July the twentieth, I think. The August, sorry. The 20th, uh, yeah, I'm here in August. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so that's moving. Uh, but if Tyson Fury could be drawn back for a heavyweight undisputed title against the winner of that. Uh, there's another division. I'm yeah, I think you've got um, um, Stephen Fulton, who's yes, got two belts, exactly. and Akma Daliev, I think he's got two. Yeah. They're looking yeah. to get it on. Yeah. Yep. So this has been always been the complaints about boxing. Because obviously the the belt scattered because the sanctioning bodies are not happy about it. There's Josh Taylor, wasn't there? But oh yeah, of course, yeah, Josh Taylor. Yeah, yeah, oh, um, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't last for long. But at least we get a certified number one at that point, and then you can judge everyone else by that. So um, mm. you know, it's 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 a good time in that way, in my view. Yeah. Can I just quickly ask you about something that was announced today? Um, no, I did a video on it. And this is Chisora Pulev rematch I'm talking about. And I always try to see the reaction to, to what people say on social media immediately. And some were very scathing of mm. it. And I'm like, look, sometimes you're not always going to get, we just mentioned sort of pound for pounders, undisputed. Sometimes you're just going to get fun fights that are carnage. Yeah. Carnage at the yeah. weigh-in, carnage in the ring. And I thought that was that. And I'm not going to try and sell Chisora as, you know, he's going to beat Pulev and fight for a while. It's not going to happen. Nor is Pulev. Both of them are touching 40. Chisora might be a bit over that already. But sometimes you just get fun fights. What did you make of the of the fight? Yeah, I think it is a fun fight. I'm not un- overwhelmed by it. Mm. I think it works as a small card. Um, they're going to headline, presumably. Yeah. Uh, was it July the 2nd? July 9th. July 9th. Yeah. Uh, where, where is it? In London? O2 Arena, London. Yeah. O2 Arena. Yeah. Derek's, Derek, look, Derek's a fan favorite. Mm. He's coming up to the very end of his career. He's approaching 40. Um, there aren't major, major fights left. He'll probably never fight for a world title no. again at heavyweight. Yeah. But, but like you say, in terms of attention, it'll draw in the week. Pulev's a great character. <laughs> uh, obviously, he, he, he has fought at the very highest level. Uh, of course, as well. Um, yeah, I, I see no harm in it. That's the perfect way to put it, Eddie. It's a fun fight, but but it, but it's not one of the big blockbusters of the year. But uh, I, I'm I'm glad that it's not Deontay Wilder because oh. there was talk about Derek Chisora and Deontay Wilder at one point, and I thought, no, that, I don't like the sound of that fight for me because Deontay, whatever anyone says about him, is still one of the most dangerous heavyweights in the world, if not the most dangerous single punching uh, puncher in the world agreed. single punching boxer in the world agreed 100% and look, obviously he's announced that he's going to continue and that that's exciting because there's so many big fights for him on the table you think of Andy yeah. Ruiz potentially 
you know, African-American versus Mexican-American. America always do well. So that should be a good one. And then I still want to see the AJ one. AJ versus Wilder in Nigeria would be... Oh, God. It would be incredible. You lived in Nigeria, Gareth. You know, it would be incredible. Yeah, Yeah, it would be. Um, Look, what are we going to call it? I I need Um, a name for this. I need a name for this. Chaos in Lagos. Chaos in Lagos. Lagos. (laughs) I I was going to say... Victory and Victoria, friends. I like it. That's Victoria a good Island, but yeah. no, no chaos in Lagos. I love it. You've done it. You've done, done it. it. You sold it. I'm, it. I'm going Point to. It. I'm going to quickly speak to my guy now. Copyright that now. All right. This is Final Extra on Talksport Two. Next up, we're going to finish the show by hearing from Daniel Dubois. Talksport Two, official broadcast partner of the Premier League and the EFL. 
this is a massive opportunity for you to resonate both on in the UK and in America uh, with this fight. You're not someone that is deliberately going for the knockout, but you've got very heavy hands. Is a statement victory in your mind with this fight? Yes, it is. You know, it's important. You know, I'm out here. And, you know, to win over the American fans, is that's what I want to do. And, you know, more than that, I want to go in there and deliver. So delivering, that means everything. Everything I've worked on since I was a kid, you know, dreaming of the heavyweight world title, this is it. Gareth Davis there speaking to Daniel Dubois. Obviously, look, big fight for him on the weekend. Not necessarily because of the title, just big fight. you got to just keep on winning and winning and winning. That's just how it is now in boxing, unfortunately. Obviously, coming off that defeat to Joe Joyce, two uh, wins since then, is now with Shane McGuigan, who I think we are seeing improvements, and I think we are going to see them on Saturday as well. I expect him to get the job done, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as some think, Gareth. Um, oh, I don't know. I... I... Look, Trevor Bryan is undefeated in 22 fights, 15 wins. He's been boxing for a long time. He's mm. in his early 30s. But really, when you look at it, his two greatest wins are BJ Flores and Bermain Stavern. Um, Could we not do that with know, Dubois as well? Yeah, in, in, in a way, yeah. in a way. But, um, you know, his, where it went wrong for him, it, you're right, but where it went wrong for him was against Joe Joyce, who I think is world level. Mm. There's no question about it. None. <laughs> um, none at all. No, no, none at all. He's got an unusual style. He can take big, heavy shots. He's an old-fashioned heavyweight in many ways who could have lived with a lot of the, the, the very heavy punching boxers in previous eras. Not got the fastest hand speed in the world, Joe Joyce, but very good jab. What Daniel's got to do is not allow Trevor Bryan to settle into a rhythm, to settle into momentum in this fight. Now, when I spoke to Daniel last week, he's very happy out in Miami. He's really enjoying it. He's living in the Cuban quarter of the town. Mm -hmm. um, he knows it's a town where Muhammad Ali trained for many years uh, under Angelo Dundee in the Fifth Street gym. It's a it's a very it's a place steeped in boxing boxing history. Um, it, it, it's it's a double edged sword in lots of ways because I think it should produce a statement here. Most of us inside the sport. I don't disagree with you. There might be moments of difficulty in the fight. You know, it's a, it's a heavyweight. It's a kind of it's a it's a kind of heavyweight world title, isn't it? I'm not calling it a full world title because no, no. it isn't. Um, but he's it, not going to get any parade when he comes back for being no, a world champion. Okay, no. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're quite right. He's not getting the open top box. <laughs> what he's doing is he'll slide back in through customs <laughs> with a sneaky little belt under his arm. Basically, yeah, that he can yeah. stick in stick in the waiting room, put on the chair next to him, and say, "Boys, I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to be training in the background. If you need me, I'm ready." Mm. Um, and if Tyson Fury doesn't come back for a little while, if he doesn't want the undisputed crown, if Daniel Dubois does get an opportunity um, against the likes of Anthony Joshua, he'll take it. I tell you what, Alexander Usyk. And Daniel Dubois is an interesting fight, isn't it? What would what would happen in that one? Yeah, look, um, Daniel Dubois is obviously like, uh, you know, heavy hands, very heavy hands, yeah. very very young, um, still learning. Uh, I think he can admit that as well. Um, and you you just wonder if he's got over. Look, you, you've sat with him and spoke to him a lot since that defeat to Joe Joyce, and I just wonder if he's got over that mentally. Because he's so softly spoken, Daniel Dubois. He's not one of those that are going to come out big chest bravado. And it's kind of wonder because. It was a gut check. And look, I, he didn't quit, but he took the knee. 
and I, I can almost separate the two. So I just wonder if he's got over that mentally. And if it does get tough in there against Trevor Bryan, if he does land some big shots and Trevor Bryan's still there like Joe Joyce was, then I wonder what's going to happen. Well, he's he's done under six minutes since then, hasn't he? In two mm. fights against yeah. Bogdan Zinu and Joe Cusimano. I mean, you know, he looked good in America. That's nearly a year ago um, in Cleveland, Ohio. It was a great, um, I think it was his US debut. Yeah, it was. It was, it was his yeah. US debut. Um, you know, uh, Bogdan Dinu, he, uh, we were there that night for TalkSport. He smashed two six bells out of him in a couple of rounds. Um <sighs> He's so young, Daniel. I mean, he's a 23-year-old as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's 24 years now. He's 24 last September. Um, the one thing you've got to have a he- as a heavyweight to get to the top, unless you're a Joe Bugner, um, is, is power. You've got to have a punch power as a heavyweight or an amazing chin. Mm. Joe Joyce has got the chin. Daniel Dubois has got the power. Um, I, you know, and I think down the line, it's going to count for him. He's ready to, he, he, power-wise, as you say, he's ready for world title shots. But the big test is going to be if Trevor Bryan holds him up for a while um, and, and, and teases him and befuddles him with his boxing skills. I don't think he will, because I think Dubois has got a fantastic jab when he employs it properly. I love the work that Shane McGuigan's doing with him. Mm. He could go to the very top. And like you say, 24 years old, He's around for five more years. And the likes of Wilder, Fury, and Joshua ain't going to be around then. Maybe even not even Joe Joyce as well, because he's knocking on 35, 36. So um, there's a long time to go. He's very young in his career. And maybe he doesn't want to get to the top too early. But this is the time that he puts himself in the shop window. It certainly is. I mean, if he wins, and I I guess we all, and I think a lot of people think he will win, maybe even in in a four or five rounds, I think it will will get the job done. But if he wins, there's going to be a lot of clamour because of the belt for him to maybe be in there against big names. Do you you just want them to kind of maybe pause on this a little bit and maybe look for, you know, faded past champions, you know, Charles Martins of the world, people that have a name value, but maybe not as dangerous as those guys within the top 15. Well, I'd put him in with Deontay Wilder now as well. Who? I mean, imagine that as a shootout. <sighs> what a fight that would be. Yeah, exactly. I heard that noise. <laughs> you like yeah. that? A bit of oof coming out of you there. You wouldn't mind uh, interviewing those guys ringside, would you? Shit. No, I certainly would. You know what fight I like for him next? Martin Bacoli. Yeah, another great fight for him. I like that. I like Bacoli that. is tenacious. Mm. Um, he's got lots going for him. Big, strong, heavyweight, mature man. Um but, you know, the thing is with Daniel, what he's got to do is impose himself. He, he, he's a destroyer of other guys. He, um, the trouble is they use the Q word, the quitter word, over someone who's taken a knee in a fight like he did against Joe Joyce. And that mud sticks. And it yeah. will probably always stick. But it wouldn't surprise me if Daniel loses three and wins 30. Mm. No, no harm in that. But I think he'll be a world champion at some point. Uh, Gareth, just before we wrap, uh, performance of the week, I'm going to ask you. Uh, Inoue stopping Denaire, Cordina getting the win over Agawa, or Devin Haney going to Australia and becoming undisputed? Oh, that's a really rough question. You're Gareth. the man for it, Gareth. Um, um, performance of the week. Well, for, uh, look, I'm going to... I'm going to game of two halves here. <laughs> if you're a boxing purist, it's got to be Devin Haney. If you're a romantic um, that loves the poetry of Dylan Thomas, it's going to be... Um, Joe Cordina but if you love the warrior spirits of the samurai 
Um, and you're a big fan of the little men knocking out the other little men. It's got to be Noya Nui. And who comes? And I'm going to go Cordina, mm. Haney. Mm. And because it's just happened today, Inui. You know what? I'm going to die with you on that hill. I think it's a perfect number one, two, three there. Gareth Davis, my man, as always, thank you very, very much. This has been a wonderfully packed Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Thank you so much for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.